Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about the Word of God and how it is that the Lord wants to speak to us in our daily lives so that we can become more the people that He made us to be and that we want to be. So, Mary, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Father John. Can you believe next week's Thanksgiving? Unbelievable. Insane Unbelievable. how fast this year has gone. You know, we were, uh, just yesterday, we took uh, the kids and the grandkids to a cider meal for, you know, apple cider and donuts, and the leaves are off the trees, and they're 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 bare. And, of course, that happens here in Michigan maybe for us a little bit too early. Um, Thankfully, they'll be but, back on the trees in eight months. But it's all glorious. Oh. Every season has its own beauty, Father John. But no, to your point, the time has passed rather quickly. Very quickly, and I don't know about you, but I'm uh, I am convicted and inspired all at the same time with what it is we're going to talk about. The title of our podcast today is what? Just love. Just love. That's it. Just love. So I don't know about you, but we should pray because just loving is hard. Is really difficult yeah, for me. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, gracious Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to descend now, ever so gently and powerfully on. Mary and myself, that the words that we speak would be those that you desire us uh, to say, but above all, that you would help us all to put into practice what it is that you ask of us. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. A quick um, little update that's exciting to let people know, maybe especially priests and deacons and bishops who are going to be preaching, that's uh, accessible on our Rescue Project website now. What is that? Yeah, so great news. So the Diocese of Gary, Indiana, have put together um, an Advent preaching series on the Kerygma. So what that means is for four weeks, every priest in the diocese is going to be preaching on created, captured, rescued, and response that means that everyone sitting in the pews for four weeks is going to hear the gospel proclaimed. And they were kind enough to share their preaching notes with us. So what we wanted to do was to get it available, to get it out there, to make it available to pastors and priests and deacons um, who may want to look at their preaching notes and, and do something similar in their respective diocese. And yep. so we posted it on the Rescue Project website, which is rescueproject.us. And if you click on um, the resource page, you'll see a little block that says preaching notes. Awesome. And then you can download those. And the Archdiocese of Denver did something like this a couple of years back. Archdiocese of Kansas City shared their preaching notes with us. And so this is a way um, to get not so much best practices out there, but to share and to collaborate with other dioceses. Um, what particular dioceses are doing, and the great news is that people sitting in the pews are going to hear the gospel maybe yeah. for the first time first proclaimed in, a, in an attractive and compelling way, tying it into the readings in a particular way, but making the point that— I love it. Yeah, so it's so huge, huge shout-out to Bishop McClory and to Father Chris Stanish, who I think was pretty instrumental in putting this together. So uh, Rescue work. Project coming to a Sunday preaching series uh, near you. We, we love the fact that people are finding ways to integrate this into Mass every Sunday because Mass is the captive audience right. if you're a priest. Like, that's the only time you know you've got everybody there. All that said, uh, let's dive into the topic of just love and the scriptures that we're going to hear this coming Sunday, the first readings from Proverbs 31, which I know is a favorite passage of yours, and I'm eager to hear what the Lord's put on your heart, but would you be so gracious as yeah, to Yeah, I would love to, Father that? John. 
When one finds a worthy wife, her value is far beyond pearls. Her husband, entrusting his heart to her, has an unfailing prize. She brings him good, not evil, all the days of her life. She obtains wool and flax and works with loving hands. She puts her hands to the distaff and her fingers ply the spindle. She reaches out her hands to the poor and extends her arms to the needy. Charm is deceptive and beauty fleeting. The woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a reward for her labors and let her works praise her at the city gates. All right. I can't wait to, to hear what it is the Lord's put on your hearts because here's the simple reality this coming Sunday. Um, I'll bet most people are not going to preach on this reading. Probably for the simple truth that most of the people who are preaching on it aren't married. And so what a unique platform we have right here uh, for you, like more or less to take the pulpit and to let the Lord uh, just share what he's put on your heart with um, those who are married, our sisters who are married, maybe those who are aspiring to be married, and then um, and to our brothers as well. But maybe I can just make a, a couple of comments first and then uh, like I'll, I'll arrange the table and then you can put the food on the plates. How's that? I will do my best. Because there's a couple of things that just really hit me. So this is the conclusion to the book of Proverbs. It's the very last 22 verses. So we only get a snippet of it this coming Sunday. I, again, the, the church has kind of edited the passage, but it's Proverbs 31 verses 10 to 31. And so the whole thing is 22 verses long. This is the conclusion. And what a conclusion. So the whole book of Proverbs, or yeah, the whole book of Proverbs is about wisdom it's about living well. It's about a, what a, a really great life is and isn't. And now that very trait, wisdom, is personified not in a king, not in a warrior, not in a man, but in a woman, which is really noteworthy, first of all, because people often say things like Scripture's very misogynist or backwards or denigrating to women, and not so. But, but there's more. This conclusion is actually what we would call a Hebrew acrostic. So there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. This passage is 22 verses, and each verse begins with a different Hebrew letter. So it works its way through the alphabet as it breaks open this worthy wife. At least how that, that expression is translated this coming Sunday. In other words, that's something that we miss in the English translation, obviously, but it shows something about this passage that it's not, it's not haphazard. It's very intentionally put together. It's not only very beautiful, it's very intentionally put together. And we could translate the Hebrew maybe a little bit better as a woman of valor or a mighty woman as opposed to just a worthy wife. And you and I were talking about this earlier. If you're a chosen fan like we are, you might have noticed that I think it's twice. It's at least once I can think of, but I think it's twice. There have been scenes in The Chosen when people are gathering together to celebrate the Sabbath, and we hear somebody say, a woman of valor, and then it kind of like dissolves into whatever the, either the end of the episode or some other scene. So this is because in many Jewish circles, for reasons that various people talk about, it's customary to sing this passage before the start of the Sabbath meal. 
In, in other words, like this is not some obscure text. Like this is a really significant passage, which pretty much every Jewish boy, girl, man, woman would be very familiar with, right? Does that make sense? Mm, totally. So all that said, I've, I've, I've rearranged a few plates, the knife and the fork. I, I just think it's such a, I, every time we go places uh, in Acts 29, we run into um, people who listen to the podcast and I'm always so um, just, I don't know, proud, inspired, grateful for how many women just run to you. Like, like the Lord uses you to speak to so many people because of the gifts the Lord's given you, the faith you have, the way he speaks and talks and works through you. But here's a great opportunity. Again, mindful that most people probably aren't going to hear this passage reflected on. And I know this is a passage which means so much to you and has since you were a young girl. Like, what, what is it that the Lord's put on your heart that you would share with Maybe first our sisters. Yeah, you know, um, when, when you and I started to pray about this passage, I know a little bit differently than last week. Like, you had a lot of thoughts. And my thoughts were so narrow because I remember reading this passage when I was in college, mm. a junior. And, and I met my husband in college, and I had just come to Christ. I just had a, a, a really beautiful, uh, radical experience of an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so it just turned my world upside down. And so the word of God just became very, very tangible to me. And this was one of the books that I started to read because Proverbs is just filled with all kinds of wisdom. But in a particular way, as you're dating, you start reflecting on like, who do I want to be and who do I want to become? And and as I was praying with this in advance of our conversation, much like much like I often do, and I know you do the same thing, Father, I just highlighted some things that that stood out to me. And I have taught this passage to younger women mm. um, when I have worked with um, younger high school girls in ministry. But there's just something about, um, I highlight the words beyond pearls, so in that first opening, like her value is far beyond pearls. Wow. Hmm. And there's a weightiness to that worth. I mean, more than precious jewelry is a worthy wife. Hmm. Um, that feels heavy sometimes. Hmm. I, I would imagine on, on myself and my sisters who are listening. And it's, it talks about that through her eyes of our husbands, that... If we, if we are the women that God has created to be, that God has created us to be, or if we're living out that beautiful feminine genius that John Paul talks about in the dignity and vocation of women, that he has found an unfailing prize and that we bring him good and not evil, not just a few days of our life, but all of our life. So that stood out to me. And it also speaks to this merciful heart, this hospitable heart that reaches beyond the boundaries of her own home, where, where she is reaching out to her, her heart, her gifts, her abundance, and she sees other people, and she's reaching out to the poor and the needy. I love this one line too, Father John. We could break all of the, I mean, these could be our talks, right? But I love the fact that the, that, that the Word of God makes clear here that a Proverbs 31 woman understands 
the fleeting value of beauty. And what's more important is that inner beauty where we radiate Jesus, where we bring the aroma of Christ wherever we are. And the primacy is on a woman who fears the Lord, who stands in awe of the Lord. And so looking at this passage through the years from the eyes of an 18-year-old, 19-year-old young girl that I was to the, the, the older woman that I am now, it, it gave me pause to reflect on how, how, what kind of a wife have I been over the last number of years? Like, have I been a frugal woman, right? Have, have I made good use of our resources? Have I been a strong woman who, who allows the Lord to speak to um, into my life in such a way that I'm taking care of my heart, my mind, my body, and my soul? Have I used my time well, right? A- am I a prudent woman, and have I been that merciful woman who have opened up my life to those who have needs beyond my own home? And has my home been a place of hospitality for younger women, younger sisters, whether it's opening your home for a Bible study or, or anyone who has need? Have I been hospitable? Have I been industrious? And have I been a family woman? And have I been faithful? And do I appreciate um, what true beauty actually looks like. It's almost like it's, Father John, it's almost like it's a litmus test um, for like when I stand before the Lord at the end of the day, I often feel like because I am a wife and a mother and a grandmother, like this is going to be the lens through which I am judged. And I was sharing with you before we jumped on this conversation, I woke up last night at three o'clock in the morning, which we know is the hour of mercy. And as we often do when we wake up at that very uh, critical hour, um, many of us find ourselves praying. And I just prayed in that moment that the precious blood of Jesus would be, would, would cover this new home that we just bought, that it would cover Steve, who was lying to my left, that would cover our daughter and her husband and our grandchildren, that we just be covered in his precious blood. And I pray that in those moments, those prayerful moments where the Spirit is praying, even as we speak, that it might maybe compensate for those years in my life where I haven't always been that faithful, family, beautiful, industrious, hospitable, merciful woman that I want to be. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if any of that makes sense. And I'll just say something else too. Uh, Steve and I were at mass yesterday and I love it that our parishes make a point to pray for an increase to vocations to the priesthood and religious life. But I, and some parishes do this and some don't, but I thought I just really wish they would have prayed an intercession for Men and women who were seeking to enter marriage and those who were already um, in marriages. Let's pray for holy families. Uh, Men and women who are already um, in the battle that is marriage and family. You know, John Paul II said that the future of the church passes through the family. It's the cell. It's the nucleus of culture. And marriage is the center of that. And marriage is the center of that. And, 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 and and the front lines for the battle, I mean, the front lines of the battle right now in culture is in marriage and family. And so we want 
we want holy marriages. So as to beget holy marriages, whether, and, and so we want holy marriages for the sake of all vocations, but including holy marriages. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I think that's no, how I, we how I, we how we start to get the culture. Yeah, back. I couldn't agree more. And I I know I try to always be intentional about when, in those prayers of the faithful to pray for vocations to priesthood, religious life, diaconate life, and married life because you know the the evangel the real work of evangelization and recreation is not in the parish as important as the parish is. It's in families and it's in marriages because those are the people who are living out in the world in the unique way that you are. You know, as you were talking about that line, uh, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, it made me think Plato defined beauty as that which gives us a healthy shock that draws us out of ourselves. Mm. And, you know, and many of us are probably familiar with that expression of Dostoevsky, beauty will save the world, mm-hmm. which is true because it ultimately means God will save the world because God is the beautiful one. But as you're describing that, I'm thinking when you see, when you encounter a person whose, whose soul, whose interior life is genuinely beautiful, it shocks you. I mean, it stuns you and it pulls Please, God, it pulls something out of you. And and at least in my life, I'm thinking of Mother Teresa immediately. So Mother Teresa, certainly when she's older, is by most worldly standards not an exteriorly beautiful person. She's she's hunched over. She's wrinkled. She is stunningly beautiful. And it's shocking. I remember meeting her once. It was shocking to meet her. And man, did it pull something out of me. Like... You just want to be great when you when you encounter somebody whose inner life is beautiful, and so when you when you encounter, you know, a godly woman, a godly woman, you're not just awed by exterior beauty. You're you're awed by, oh my gosh, you're you're like pulling something out of me. Mm-hmm. You're 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 challenging me to be better than I than I so often settle for and compromise. You, what you're talking about is, I think, what you experienced and, and what many of us experienced if we had the opportunity to be in the presence of um, some of our Holy Fathers, Pope John Paul II, in a particular way. Um, you knew that when you were in his presence, you were in, the, you were in the presence of a godly, godly man. To your point about Mother Teresa, set of years ago now, um, our daughter bought me for my birthday a picture, a black and white picture. It was framed beautifully in blue of Mother Teresa's feet. Hmm. And all I could see were her gnarled feet, her dried, cracked, wrinkled feet in a very simple sandal. And you could see the fringe of her sari. And it was so beautiful. And I put it in a place of prominence in 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 our home and as I look at myself, like even in the mirror at my age, I'm not a young woman anymore. And as I look as my, you know, as I get more wrinkles and age starts to show on my face, I, I think to myself, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's just okay because I pray that over the years that, and I was, I've never considered myself a beautiful woman, and, that, and that's not the point here. But I pray that like what I'm looking at in the mirror holds less and less importance for me and that my 
nightly examine holds more and more of a place of primacy yeah. for me. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's that's what we're taking before the Lord. That it, that is eternal. So let me let me take that thought and tie it to the title of this podcast episode and connect it to another passage that I've been praying with for the last couple of weeks, which to me is just a great way to summarize all this. So a couple of weeks ago at daily mass, we've been, we were working through Romans and there's a, there was an excerpt from the reading uh, one day. It was from Ro- Romans 13 verse eight, where Paul says, Oh, nothing to anyone except the debt of love. So I'm thinking of what you just said about your, your nightly examine mother Teresa's feet it makes me think of love, the importance of love, the title, just love. And I was praying with that passage and I started to laugh. Like it was as if I was having a conversation with Paul and I heard those words, you know, it's like Paul's looking at me and goes, John, so here's the key. So the only debt you need to have with somebody, all I'm asking of you is just love. And I went, Oh yeah, just love. That's it. Huh? So just, (laughs) just lay down my life for everybody that I meet. That's it. Right. Just, just treat everyone the way you want to be treated. That's all you're. That's all you're asking of me. Just be patient with people, the way I want them to be patient with me. Nothing else. Just, just forgive everybody the way I want everybody to forgive me. That's that's all I need to do, right? Just, just, just do that. That's that's all, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been having some challenging encounters and experiences lately, and it's it's just reminded me that when. I, it takes a lot for me to get angry. I used to be really angry when I was a kid. It takes a lot for me to get angry. But boy, when I get angry, I get really angry. And I get really angry, especially when I feel, uh, when I see injustice happen or when I feel things are out of my control. And there's been some things that I've been privy to in the last couple of weeks, which have made both of those things come to the fore. And so I just keep hearing Paul say to me, like, John, love. Just love. <laughs> that's what you need to do. And and that's the description of this worthy woman, huh? This woman of valor, this beautiful wife. That she's all about the other. She's all about fulfilling the command of love. She's put others first, whether it's her husband or her children or the poor or whatever it might be. And and paradoxically, as John Paul would often say, when we do that, when we when we his language when we make of ourselves a sincere gift of self to another, that's we, how we, we get actually life. find, yeah, we that's actually find we happiness. I mean, that's the paradox. That's how you find happiness. You give, you give yourself away um, to and others. It, and in a particular way, I think father John, it's the woman who has the capacity, not only John Paul says to make room for another physically, but we have the capacity to make room spiritually for many. And I think right. that's the gift that women bring the church in a very particular way. And that, and that is to love all things, all people deeply, but to your point. And and John Paul's encouragement about that, that feminine genius. And by genius, he means something that's unique to them. He's, he's talking about how women have a capacity to teach men. We need to do that, which doesn't come naturally to us in the way that it comes naturally to you. So, you know, here's a, here's a challenge for us. Like, is this our attitude? I mean, really, if you're married do you wake up every morning and and make it a point to ask the Lord, Lord, how are you asking me today to honor my husband or my wife? You know, Lord, what are you asking me to do to encourage or to build up 
my husband or my wife? What can I concretely do today to make sure that my spouse knows what they mean to me? And do you know why that's so important, Father John? What you're talking about right there is like- I don't, because I'm not married. No, why? (laughs) There's an intentionality there because what happens, we can so easily, and we all know this, we can can do this in friendship too. We can take one another for granted. Hmm. And we can often look back in our lives and say, gosh, if only I had had- you know, this heart, this mind 20 years ago, the reality is we can have that heart and that mind tomorrow, Right. waking tomorrow. I can take on this intentional mindset about. So do you remember you, you and I knew a guy, he used to do a lot of framing for, for you, for me, for a lot of other people in the parish that we were uh, at at the time. And I remember going in, I, I brought him some paintings for him to frame and we got talking about Maybe I was on my way to a, celebrate a wedding. I don't remember, but marriage came up, and he told me the story of he had um, he had married. He was now in his second marriage. His first wife had died right, very remember. young, very unexpectedly. Right. And he, I remember him looking at me, and he says, "You know, I I blew it with my first wife. I loved her dearly, but I didn't tell her anywhere near as often as I should have. I just." I don't know so much that he said he took her for granted. He just didn't make the most of the time that he had, mistakenly presuming that he had a lot of time, and he didn't. And so he met another woman, and he married her. And because of his experience with his first wife, because of his his, uh, sadness over how he had failed to communicate to her what she meant to him, he looked at me and he says, you know, Father, I don't let a day go by without doing something or saying something to let my wife know now what she means to me. I'm like, really? He goes, yep, every day. Might be flowers, might be a note in the sock drawer, might be something I write on the bathroom mirror in chalk or with soap. Uh, it might be a piece of chocolate, something. I do something every single day to make sure she knows what she means to me. That's and so I just cute. find that absolutely beautiful. I mean, like... We should, we should all be doing that. Like take advantage of the time we have today. Cause my dad would, my mom and dad would say goodnight to each other. And then to us, and we would always say, see you in the morning. And my dad's response every single night was good Lord willing. God willing. And I used to think, what do you mean by that? He goes, cause I might not wake up. That's exactly right. And this friend of ours had an opportunity for a do over and he was so intentional about it, but we didn't have to lose our spouses to press into that opportunity of a do over. And so maybe, yeah. One of the things that we can do is, I, I, you have something very practical. I know you want to share. Yeah, with maybe, let me end with this. There. So we, I was just at a men's conference not too long ago. And um, one of the guys who was speaking was just this extraordinary uh, man. His name is Justin Newcomb. He's a football coach here in Metro Detroit at Sterling Heights Stevenson. He gave a grand slam out of the park talk to the brothers who were there. So he, he, at one point in his, his talk, he was talking about how intentional he is about building culture on his football team. And he was saying at one point he's trying to build a, his team into a family. And he looked around, he saw a couple of his players, uh, they were present for the, uh, the event. And he says, who can tell me what family stands for? And almost immediately, there was a young guy there who obviously plays on his team. And he says, forget about me, I love you. That's, That's awesome. awesome. It is. It is. <laughs> Forget about me. me. I, I love, love you. you. You you know, um, so you were talking at, at the beginning of our conversation about, you know, you're having this conversation about Paul 
really that's all it's about? And love is so hard. And maybe just practically speaking, I mean, there's there's ways to pray for that because we can't do it, as you often say, by rolling up our sleeves and just trying harder. It requires grace. And so maybe just, I'm just even, like I'm talking to myself right now, Father John, like to pray for the grace of forgetfulness, like self-forgetfulness, and, and, and to pray for the grace of selflessness so that I can receive the grace to love well. And, and and that's just and I did, again that's just a very very intentional prayer and this remarkable challenge to live life well to live this way and this is one of those prayers God wants to answer because God wants marriages healthy healed strong because that's how we're going to get the culture back so pray this with great confidence this week because the Holy Spirit wants to descend upon us and if you're not married like me. Uh, we still have challenges to just love. In fact, we probably have more. And because everything we're talking about is true, and because God is faithful, do not be afraid. He's with you. And you were born for this. Mm-hmm.